am I saved? Father, I pray that the words that I'm speaking tonight hit right where it needs to hit, Lord. Teach us something new. Uh, remind us about your grace and remind us why, why you, you died for us and why you, you, you reached out for us. Like, like Pastor Brad said and like we were singing, that, that you didn't want heaven without us, Lord. Remind us of that. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Now, if you've missed the first two messages... Um, they're on the app. They're on the podcast. You go back and listen to them. I encourage you to go back and listen to them, but you don't have to have heard them to understand what's going on, but there are some good stuff in them. Now, it's this part in my message. Um, to be honest with you, what I do up here is a learned behavior, right? It's a learned behavior because I am very awkward. I'm not super sociable. I'm uh, very introverted. I don't really like talking. And when I do talk, a lot of the times I say stuff weird. I say stuff awkward. Um, so a lot of the times I like to write down. I like to go over. I like to be comfortable with stuff that I'm going to say because if I got up here and I wasn't prepared, it's going to be awkward. I'm going to ramble and I'm going to be weird. It's going to be bad. And so I like to go over stuff. And I was going over my message today while my kids were eating, right? And Judah looks at me and right about this part. Now we're like four minutes into my message and he goes, Daddy, it's beginning to be a long time. And I looked at him and I just took, like, I got this bottle of anointing oil and I just, you know, started. <laughs> Nothing happened. So we can rule out demon possession. It's just three major. Three major. But I can tell you that uh, it's going to be good. Now, if you're like me, you've probably been. And a time in your life as a Christian where you've wondered, am I even saved? Am I even saved, right? Like maybe you've messed up and you feel separated from God and you're like, am I even saved? Like, am I, am I going to heaven? Is this, or maybe you've not had a stellar week. And can we just be honest? There's something about like having a bad week that just seems to amplify everything. I'm not talking about like terrible week, like everything's falling apart. I'm talking about just like you feel like you've had a week full of Mondays. You know what I mean? Like it's just something about that that kind of makes you feel, I don't know, somewhat alienated and separated from things. And, and maybe you've been to where you've had one of those weeks, you haven't spent a lot of time with God, and so you feel like you're back to square one with God. And the reason why I feel like we feel like that so much is because so much of what we think about grace comes from the lens of religion and comparison. Um, I don't know about you, but most people don't treat their important relationships like they treat their relationship with God. Amen? Um, what I mean by this is if I've had a bad week and I haven't had like a lot of time, I have a really close friend. Um, we're both stay-at-home dads, and, and so we kind of, we, we formed a, a pretty good bond. Our kids are the same age, so they're, they're friends, and like we got to where we were hanging out pretty good and, and stuff like that, but if I go a couple of days without talking to, to him, his name's Darren, if I go a couple of days without talking to him, I don't wonder if he's my friend, Right? I don't wonder if Darren's my buddy anymore because I've had a weird week or haven't had time to talk to him. Sometimes my wife and I get really busy and we don't have time to hang out like we want to. 
sometimes I feel like this week's kind of been like this with, with school and stuff like that. I'm, I'm out of breath. Good Lord. I need to stop moving around. <laughs> um, <laughs> to focus, Jeremy. Um, sometimes I feel like the only time we see each other is when we're getting ready to go to bed, right? And, and, and so, but I can tell you that I never wonder if my wife loves me or if she is still my wife, but I can tell you we do that to God all the time. We do it to God all the time because we get into the cycle of fear and condemnation and we question if we are even saved. Let's take a look at what grace is, again, as a reminder. We talked about it last month. Grace is the unmerited, unearned, undeserved kindness and favor of God. There's nothing you did or could do to deserve it or earn it. It is not a reward for your faithfulness. It is a gift. Come on, somebody. Can we just say grace is good? That was, that was weak. Come on. Let's say grace is good. I know you're tired. Grace is good. Come on. All right. Don't ever forget this because what happens is the enemy will come and try to make you believe that God's not pleased with you or that God is mad at you or that God does not want good things for you or this is my favorite, that Jesus, the one who died for you and extended grace for you, <laughs> is now purposely avoiding you because of something that you did. Because if the enemy can get you to believe that, that he can keep you from experiencing grace at its fullest. Amen? But literally, the overarching theme of the Bible and everything that God has said about you is that he extends his grace to you and that he loves you. Unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor for those that believe. Now, I know this sounds a little ridiculous, right? Um, I know that there was a couple of snickers when I said that because it looked ridiculous to me when I was writing these notes, right? Jesus, who died for you and extended grace to you, is now purposely avoiding you because of something that you have done. But the truth is, is I've felt like that before. And, and, and I believe that probably some of you have in this room, right? I can tell you that I know a lot of Christians that do. There's Christians right now that feel this way, that feel like, that, that God is avoiding them, that Jesus is avoiding them because of something that they have done. And I want us to go to the scriptures and see what the scriptures will tell us about grace. We're going to look at Ephesians 2.8. This is like the grace scripture, right? I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. So if you're following along, if you've got your handheld device, that's what I'm going to be in. If you're in good old-fashioned paper Bible, I'm sorry. I love this version of the Bible because let me tell you kind of what it's like. It's like taking the Bible and then taking like people write notes out beside it and then they printed it, right? So it amplifies everything. And so there's gonna be some stuff in there. So just bear with me, all right? For it is by grace, listen to this, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ. That does not sound like a Jesus that's avoiding you. God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment, and given eternal life through faith. And I need everyone to realize 
The, the only thing that you have to do is accept Jesus as your Savior and accept his grace. Now, this flies in the face of, of religion and all of the behavior modification teaching and, and all that stuff out there. But the Bible tells us that when we accept Jesus, we experience this grace. Now, let's keep reading. This salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort. It's the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law. I need you to remember that. We're going to get back to that later. Nor your attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way. Man, this Bible verse is so good. I'm preaching so hard, I'm starting to sweat. I need like a sponge, you know, like a good old-fashioned preacher sponge. Listen, listen. No one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for this salvation, for his salvation. Now, it seems like the Bible is trying to tell us something here. It's trying to get us to understand something here. The whole point of grace is to, so that people would not be slave to the law because we couldn't keep it. Now, I thought of a little, uh, I guess, example of the law, right? Now, we're still technically in the beginning of the year. I know we're not in January, but, you know, a lot of people make resolutions and stuff like that. I know that that I like to make resolutions and, and stuff like that. I'll tell you a resolution that we made, me and my wife. We didn't make this at the beginning of this year. We actually made it last year. We decided that we were tired of being fat, right? We were tired of being fat because, and here's why. Let me tell you why. I'm just going to, can I get down here? I feel like it's a lot less weird if I'm down here for this part. Um, at my age, it carries a lot of health problems with it. <laughs> and so like I go to the doctor and my doctor looks at me and she's like, bro, you're like about to die. Like your, your stroke level blood pressure, your cholesterol is so high that I can't even tell you what the number is. It won't read it anymore. And, and they tell me that they're, they're like, we can't even separate your different cholesterols because it's so high. And like, like I, I thought I was chunky, but like, so, so basically we just decided, we decided we're going to take back our life. We're going to eat good. We're going to eat healthy. We're going to set this, we're going to set this thing. But can I just tell y'all, man, there's barbecue, there's barbecue, and there's five daughters, 100-layer donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all don't know nothing about no 100-layer donuts. Y'all need to know anything. Listen, don't go. Listen, do not go. Listen to me. Don't go. You will never be the same because it ruined donuts for me. 100-layer donuts. They take donut dough. They fold it over like croissants. And when they fry it, it flakes up. It gets these layers, and they're like that thick. And then they fill, yeah, they, they fill each layer. This is my favorite donut. It's a, it's a citrus donut, right? They fill it with lemon curd, and it has blood orange icing on it. So listen, I understand what it means to, to, to not want to be a slave to the law, <laughs> to, to not want to keep the law. Listen to me, though. I want you to lean in right here. I want to make sure you hear my heart because what I'm scared you'll hear tonight is that God's grace is freedom to sin. 
or that God's grace doesn't transform you or that there's no need to change, but that's not right either because scripture tells us that we're new creations. The old's gone, the new has come. Therefore, we're obviously gonna be different. But here's the key, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. If not, please just listen and and get this into your heart because it's really important that you know this. We can live free from fear of breaking the law and being guilty of sin. Instead, we can serve God out of love for him and what he has done for us. Think about how freeing that is. Think about that. Let me say it like this. You don't have to be a slave to the law, but can be free to be transformed through the very grace that saves us. That means that all, all that change, all that change that we worry about, all that, all that transformation that we worry about happening comes because we can be free to serve God out of love. We don't have to be scared to serve God because of a law. Amen? It says, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. I want you to understand, we don't save ourselves. We can't save ourselves, right? It's his salvation, and he has invited us to participate in it because he wanted us to, because he desired us to, because he wants relationship with us, because he loves us, amen? I want to use this example. You'll never see anyone drowning, and they're, and they're like, hold on, I've been getting myself, right? You're never going to see anybody be like, no, I'm, I'm going to be all right, right? Instead, you'll see people drowning, and they're always going to be saved by someone who's outside of the situation or by someone who is in a greater position or has a greater perspective than where they're at, and that person is God, and we're the ones drowning. We're drowning in comparison, guilt, frustration, and sin. But God says, from a greater position... From, from a place higher than what we could even imagine, I am going to save you. Now, this is good. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible explains grace like this. Grace is the dimension of the divine activity that enables God to confront human indifference. How many of us can say that we've been indifferent about something? Come on now, married people. Every time you go out to eat, every time you go out to eat, you're indifferent, right? That's the only thing me and my wife argue about anymore, right? It's like, where you want to eat? I don't care. Where you want to eat? <laughs> I, just, I just want you to pick. I'm so tired of picking. I'm so tired. You know, that's the only thing, right? Indifference. Let's keep reading. <laughs> enables God to confront human indifference and rebellion. Come on now. I know ain't nobody in this church know anything about rebellion. And because I know nobody in this church knows anything about rebellion, I figured y'all might not know what that means. So I'm gonna break it down for you. Don't worry. Rebellion is where you knew the right thing to do and you knew the consequence, but chose to do the opposite. There's more. God confronts indifference and rebellion with an inexhaustible capacity to forgive and bless. 
God is gracious in action. Now, I know that's hard to hear because we don't understand forgiveness like that, right? Because we're a culture of like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? Fool me three times, I'm gonna kill you, right? Right? But God says, I have an inexhaustible ability to forgive because I don't throw you away. Can we give God praise for his grace tonight? Band, if you would, come on up and prepare to play as I close. The reason it's so important for us to understand this is that if we don't perceive God like this, then it makes your actions and thoughts about him ones that don't line up with the truth. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes in this place. Just, I want everyone to put aside distractions. And I, I just really want you to kind of just be alone. Like, pretend you're alone. It's just me or, or like my voice, right? And you, and I want you to listen for just a minute. I'm closing up. This is something that I've realized about the truth. If it is not your perception, then it doesn't matter. That is to say that what you believe is ultimately what you react to and what you act upon. And a great deal of people do not perceive God as a loving God. They think that the truth is that God is mad at them they perceive that God is waiting on them to mess up so that he can punish them or, or that God is waiting for his moment to look at them and be like, I don't have time for that anymore. I don't have time for your junk anymore. Now, we may not ever say these things. We may not ever verbalize these things. I've never heard anybody in all the years of ministry, I've never heard anybody say that I think God is waiting on his chance to turn his back on me. But what I have seen is how people approach God. And they don't approach God oftentimes like a loving father or like a good, good God. They approach God like they're scared. And we have a Bible that's full of truth but what we perceive is something different. And I want to say it like this. Perception is the ultimate reality, even if it is not the ultimate truth. I want you to listen to that again. Perception is the ultimate reality, even if it is not the ultimate truth. And your reality dictates your actions. So we can get up here and we can sing that he's a good, good father. But if you do not perceive him as such, then you will not love him and respond to him in that way. When you can't see God correctly, you can't respond correctly. And that's why Christians everywhere are struggling with sin, struggling with condemnation, struggling with frustration. Not because God's standard is too high. It, it's, it's because we think grace is a one-time thing. It's because we think grace is this thing that God gives us and we have to carry it around. And we carry it around like it's a burden. 
Like if we mess up, that's going to spend our grace. And once our grace is gone, what then? What then? When we walk around burdened, we put pressure on ourselves. And what happens is oftentimes we end up alienating ourselves from the good, good God who decided that he didn't want heaven without us. And so I came here today, God wanted me to tell you today to stop, to stop. And if you're listening to this on podcast, stop. (laughs) Man, this spoke to me today, because can I be honest with you? I've been feeling like this the last last couple of days, man. Because I put in here for a reason some of this stuff. Because sometimes I feel like this. And God's saying to us tonight that His grace is bigger than what we perceive it to be. So as we close tonight, if that's you tonight, if anything that I've said is you, I'm not going to like say, hey, if the first group or the second group or the third group, you know it. You know it. God's been speaking to you. God's touched on something. Then what I want you to do is I just want you to look up at me, raise your hand. Let's make sure I see you. I'm not going to prolong this very long. If you're in here and you've struggled with feeling like, is God waiting for me to mess up? I want to close with this tonight. I believe that this is a problem that reaches so many Christians. And so if it doesn't if it doesn't reach you then praise God. I'm so thankful for that. But I believe that there's so many that it does reach and it does affect And so I want to end our time tonight by just worshiping one last time to give God thanks for his grace, but also to stand in for those that are feeling broken down and feeling guilty and feeling frustrated, that they will feel God's grace in a way that they never have before. Can we do that tonight? And I'm not going to get up here and and do like long, you know, prayer points or anything like that. We're just going to spend the next couple of minutes doing that as the band leads us.